Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined here by Mark Murphy, reporting this one on Sunday evening as Auburn has finally learned its opponent, the final opponent of the season in the bowl game. They will be returning to Birmingham. The last time they went 6-6 six and six in a regular season, they also played in the Birmingham Bowl. So they're heading to Birmingham. Nice, easy trip for Auburn. They'll be able to just probably hang out here in Auburn for a long time and then head there. The day before the game, they're playing Houston, which I think is a pretty uh, and it's not only is it a tough draw for Auburn, you're playing a team that went 11 and one in the regular season, won 10 straight games before losing the American championship game to Cincinnati. Um, but also kind of a kind of a strange draw for Houston, a team that was that good, an 11 win team having to play a six and six SEC team in the in the bowl game. But nevertheless, we do we do have that matchup figured out. We got Mark Murphy here. So, Mark, just are you glad that they're going to Birmingham? Or would you rather have been somewhere else? And uh, and kind of what do you make of the what do you make make of the matchup on here on Sunday of of this Houston team? Well, Nathan, when you finish six and six and win three SEC games, you're probably fortunate to go anywhere in the postseason. So uh, the SEC has lined up lots of games for its teams. Thirteen teams are eligible uh, to go to a bowl game this year, and they they got everybody lined up to play somewhere. You know, it's certainly not the most glamorous spot, but for Auburn, you know, it's easy for a lot of fans to get to this game. And, uh, you know, the time slot's not great. Tuesday morning, 11 o'clock, December 28th. I imagine there'll still be a good crowd of Auburn people there. When they played there after the 2015 season at Legion Field, there was a really good crowd of Auburn people. It turned up. And the weather was not supposed to be good for that game. And, uh Fans came out anyway, and they got real lucky. The weather changed right before kickoff, and it turned out to be a real pretty day. And Auburn played extremely well in that game against Memphis, both offensively and defensively, particularly the defense. So, uh, um, But, yeah, it's probably not an ideal bowl game for the players. I'm sure they'd rather go someplace with the beach or Florida or warmer weather or, or someplace maybe a little more interesting in their eyes. But, I mean – you know, they've lost four games in a row. And, uh, you know, this is a game they don't need to lose. Uh, they don't need to finish six and seven on a five-game losing streak with a new coaching staff in here trying to sell recruits that the program's on a positive uptick. It's uh, that's going to be even more difficult to do. So uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. And I agree with you, Nathan. This is not an easy game for Auburn. No way in any shape or form is it going to be easy. And if I was Houston, I'd be a little perturbed about not getting a better bowl trip. They were in the conference championship game and uh, playing Cincinnati, which is in the uh, BCS series. And they had to play at Cincinnati and they gave a good account of themselves. Yeah, It was them, Cincinnati, UTSA, and like one other team that was on a, a Georgia, of course, and then somebody else um, were the only teams in the country that were on double digit winning streaks. Um, this season, obviously, they won 11 straight games to end the regular season. Yeah, back in 2015, 31 to 20, um, Auburn beat Memphis. That was a Paxton Lynch quarterback team. That's Justin Fuente, Memphis team. Then the year prior, actually, was Houston's only trip to the Birmingham Bowl. Um, they lost that one 41 to 24 to a James Franklin uh, Vanderbilt team. 
from the SEC. And so, yeah, we'll get into this one a little bit because you wrote about it today, Mark. Uh, Houston comes in at number 20 in the playoff rankings today, heading into the final rankings, heading into the bowl season. Um, And the last time Auburn beat a ranked team in a bowl game was number two Oregon in the BCS national title game. So really, I mean, and you look at what happened under Gus Malzahn, you beat Memphis in that game, you beat up pretty good on Purdue um, in the Music City Bowl. That was it. When they got a quality opponent on the other end, certainly a ranked opponent, um, they were not able to find any success in the Gus Malzahn era. And a couple of those games were just, you know, really disappointing, you know, like the Minnesota game uh, down in the Outback Bowl. Minnesota had a good team, but Auburn had a better team. Auburn had better players, and there was no reason Auburn shouldn't have been motivated to go out and win that game. And they just – they played, but, uh, you know, Minnesota really wanted that game a lot more than Auburn. It was obvious watching it there in person. And, uh, you know, the next year – it was an interim situation. Uh, they had fired Gus Malzahn. There were some key players not participating in the bowl game. I could understand them losing to Northwestern, particularly since Northwestern's head coach uh, really wanted to win that game after losing a tight one to Auburn in the Outback Bowl in that wild overtime shootout uh, in Tampa not too long before that. So, uh, um, I think this is going to be a difficult game for a couple of reasons. Number one, just look at Houston. Uh, they don't do it. They do everything pretty well. Uh, they're giving up less than 300 yards a game. They're averaging uh, like 458 yards, something like that. They're only allowing opponents to rush for 3.3 yards. Uh, they've got 42 quarterback sacks and um, they got a bunch of guys that are getting after the quarterback it, you know, they're not the most talented team Auburn's played this year. But, you know, like you mentioned, they got hot. They lost the first game 38-21 um, to Texas Tech, and then they won 10 consecutive games before losing to Cincinnati. And uh, uh, they've got a veteran quarterback, a junior. The guy is um, has been starting games since his freshman year. Uh, his name is uh, – Clayton Tune, Tune, 6'3", 215, junior kid from Texas. Uh, they've got a good running back. His name's Alton McCaskill, 6'1", 210, freshman, who was pretty heavily recruited, even though he was a three-star. He got a lot of major offers. Um, and they got a little tiny wide receiver. His name is Nathaniel Dell. He's got 80 catches for 1,179 yards and 12 touchdowns. So 80 catches is a lot for anybody, Nathan. Yeah, Tune took over. Obviously, last season was when uh, things kind of shut down for for Houston. They didn't have a super successful second year under Dana Holgerson, but then things turned around this year. Yeah, Tune has thrown for more than 3,000 yards this year, 8.6 yards per attempt, um, 28 touchdowns to nine picks. And yeah, and you look at the the strengths of, strength of schedule and the, the quality of opponents that Houston has played, obviously. You know, they they played Cincinnati, which is a playoff team, lost that game. They lost to a power five game to a to a kind of middle middle tier Big 12 team in Texas Tech. But other than that, when they got into American Conference play, um, they were able to beat up on some teams pretty good. You look at their stats, you kind of have to you kind of have to consider that and consider who they were playing. But still, I mean, a, a top 10 total defense, um, top 15 scoring defense, I believe a top 10 run defense in the country. So certainly they're, you know, Houston's known for having a quality defensive line. Um, and I think a lot of this, Mark, I mean, you know, we just wonder how much of an Auburn team we're going to see that was in the iron bowl 
and the team that gave Alabama, now the number one team in the country, the, the favorite to win the national title, gave that team everything it could handle versus the personnel that we're going to see um, in the bowl game because that might be another advantage for Houston is that Auburn's got guys that are wanting to go pro and Auburn's got guys that might be mulling over transfer decisions. Um, you might might have a handful of opt-outs, and that certainly wouldn't help Auburn's chances very much. That's right. That's something to watch on both sides too because you know I think – it's a trend all across college football, Nathan, that, uh, you know, guys who are interested in going into the NFL draft will seriously consider not playing in these bowl games, particularly the lower tier ones like the Birmingham Bowl. And then you've got guys in Auburn situation who were recruited by previous coaching staff. And um, some of those guys are certainly going to be looking at what their options are because, you know, basically college football free agency once you've um, uh, if you know if you can't do it twice but you can do it once uh, without having to sit out a year and uh, that's why it's hard to keep up with the rosters in college football or college basketball right now in fact I was talking to somebody today about saying I didn't realize so and so was it at this team I was going to saying hey don't feel bad there's like 1500 transfers in, in college basketball you know, you're not slacking by not realizing something like that. So, but yeah, you just hit on one of the real key points to watch in the next couple of weeks, along with, you know, how well uh, Auburn does on the recruiting front with the early signing period coming up December 15th through 17th. To me, that's got to be job one for Brian Harson and his staff taking care of business there. Job 1A is making sure your guys you want to come back are going to be back and playing for you next year and then down the line of priorities is getting ready for this bowl game but it's still a high priority when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. And it's always interesting to see every year the, the players that benefit from bowl practices. You know, you've got those extra practices. Like you said, that's that's especially when you're in this situation, you're Auburn. It's probably the most important part when it comes to the bowl game. And I think that'll be even more interesting than ever just because of how little Brian Harson and his staff like to rotate guys. This year, really, just you look at every position group and especially on defense, defensive line, linebackers, um, you wonder about maybe there'll be some opt-outs there or something like that. But, you know, you always want to use those practices to get more extra extra reps for the freshmen. So it'll be interesting to see some players maybe they're able to, to make an impact in the bowl game who didn't do so previously. We saw that last year with guys like Elijah Canyon, guys like Zakibis Walker made some big plays in the Citrus Bowl. Um, Mark, we'll transition now to basketball because Auburn has a week off now. Um, as we record this on Sunday, until they head to Atlanta to play Nebraska in the holiday hoops giving. But um, pretty successful trip to the Bahamas, you know, other than going 3-0, and pretty much Bruce Pearl accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish. And your loss was in overtime to a really good team in a, in a game where you felt like you got NCAA tournament experience. But Mark, since then, four straight wins over pretty decent non-conference. I mean, all of these teams they've beaten in this winning streak could make the NCAA tournament. Um, and particularly after a, after kind of a defensive slugfest against Loyola, 
they've scored at least 80 points, 89, 85, and 86, and wins over Syracuse, UCF, and Yale. And, um, you know, going 2-0 and this week at home, a lot of people looked at these games, UCF and Yale, and said, these are pretty tricky teams. These are teams that are supposed to be pretty good in their conferences. And, um, boy, Auburn, you know, they had a little bit of trouble with UCF there at the start, but played pretty complete games and, and really had a, had a good week in terms of their progression in the non-conference. You know, it's interesting to me, um, Auburn is still a work in progress offensively, but they're averaging 82.7 a game and uh, only giving up 67. To me right now, a lot of the offense is coming from good defense. And uh, Auburn's length and quickness is bothering folks. And uh, I've been pretty impressed with how Auburn's come out in games and and, and it's played well the first five, ten minutes of the game. And for a while, it didn't look like Yale was going to score. Um, and they got wise and decided they probably didn't need to attack the rim against a bigger, more athletic Auburn team. And uh, still, Auburn finished the game with 14 block shots, which is a high for the Bruce Pearl era and 17 off the record from that Nickel State game back in 2011. And that was a really athletic Auburn team that year. And uh, I'm enjoying watching these guys play and develop. And uh, to me, uh, Jabari Smith <laughs> has been everything I expected. And uh, if uh, he's not playing himself into a lottery uh, pick position with the way he's performing, just in all areas, offensively, defensively, passing the ball, being a good teammate, scoring inside, scoring outside, playing defense, hitting three-pointers. I don't I don't know what I'm watching then because he's really um, about as smooth as it gets out there. And he's uh, just fun to watch. And, you know, if you're Bruce Pearl, you're going to be saying, like, this, this guy's got to be too good to be true because he's a team-first guy. And, uh, you know, he's worthy of respect. And uh, his teammates really like him. And uh, this – there's no reason this Auburn team can't continue to get better as he gets more experience, but there's a lot of other guys uh, they are blending together with all these new transfers. And then they'll hopefully get Alan Flanagan back and, you know, sometime in December on a limited basis and then get him ready for uh, the stretch run in the SEC. So yeah, really an interesting basketball season, Nathan. Yeah. Seven and one at the moment. Again, they, so they won their first three games lost, uh, to UConn in, in what was probably one of the better games of the entire basketball season, just an awesome double overtime game. Um, and then have since won four straight, it really seems like you talked about it there that Jabari Smith, you know, everybody seems like they're progressing. Um, still a work in progress, though, even on the defensive side of the ball, they're not necessarily just in a half court set, you know, in a vacuum. They're not necessarily the most efficient team on the planet, but on both sides, it sort of seems like with this team, and we knew they were really talented. Um, but I don't know what your perspective has been, but just to me, every time I watch this team, it seems like individual efforts kind of rise above and all of a sudden they're on a 16 to two run and they're taking a double digit lead. Particularly you look at some of their defensive statistics before this week, they were okay. And, and, and they were fine middle of the pack in the sec, but then you get down to blocks and it's like seventh in the country. Then you get down to steals and it's like sixth in the country. So really it seems like Jabari Smith, of course, with his offense, but on the defensive side of the ball, Walker Kessler and Katie Johnson have been massive, massive transfer additions um, for this team, for their ability, respectively, to defend on the inside and defend on the outside. Because, like you said, Yale was scared to even go inside because of how, how good Auburn was blocking shots led by Kessler. 
And then right now it seems like Katie Johnson gets two or three, you know, really impressive steals on the perimeter every single game. Yeah, KD's been a really uh, uh, interesting factor on defense. I knew he was really good offensively because I saw it with my own eyes when he played against Auburn last year, and uh, he had a reputation of being an outstanding uh, offensive player. But uh, he's been much better on defense. And I thought I also think the few times they've asked him to step in and play point guard, he's done a very good job in that role too. He's not turning the ball over. And then – and you got Zeb Jasper and Wendell Green Jr., you know, playing as well as they are as point guards. You know, you got something going there. You know, they had a Green and Jasper had 11 assists in this past game, no turnovers. And Bruce Pearl's teams are not known for being low turnover teams. They play fast, aggressive, take chances uh, at the offensive end. So a lot of times, even his really good teams, have had a pretty good number of turnovers. But right now they are plus 5.6 per game in turnover margin, which is a real advantage. Combine that with having a rebounding margin uh, and then, you know, get all those extra possessions, that makes you more difficult to beat. And, uh, um, you know, except for the, uh, the one game where they gave up 115 points in a double overtime, and I think Part of that was UConn was just playing really well because, you know, I watched UConn the next game and these guys who were making these shots under duress from three-point were missing the same shots the next game. Maybe their legs were dead from playing such a long game. But, uh, um, you know, I think this team is, um, is, is, is coming along just about as well as Bruce Pro would like. You get a different type of team coming up on Saturday up in Atlanta at Holiday Hoops Giving. Nebraska is not a big uh, physical team, but they're really quick, really athletic, and um, you're going to probably see Auburn's guards be tested by Nebraska. I watched some of their uh, four-overtime loss at North Carolina State. It was a really entertaining game, and the Wolfpack had a hard time trying to guard them. Yeah, that should be interesting. Um, It's like when they went to Tampa, Bruce Pearl's kind of – pitching to Auburn fans that, look, it's not going to be super easy to come to a game in Auburn Arena just because of that place being a sellout so often, particularly in SEC play. It's going to be really difficult. So um, we would expect a really good turnout for the Auburn fan base at State Farm Arena in Atlanta just because of proximity. So that'll be an exciting game. And uh, like we talked about, Auburn getting the week off to rest. Walker Kessler, Bruce Pearl said that he kind of was dealing with some lower leg pain. Um during the week in practice. And so, you know, he just kind of re-aggravated it a bit and they were already up by like 20 in the second half. And he just kind of sat him for the rest of the game. So of course, an extra week is good to get some extra practice, get healthy. And of course, like you mentioned, Alan Flanagan, only a few more games left and and he'll kind of enter back into the mix in a limited role. And then for Auburn, they're hoping that he'll be able to improve as, as they approach sec play and get into the meat of things in like January and February. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Talk about the bowl game and some Auburn basketball, maybe one in the next couple wanted, days. What'd you one say? Thing I want to give a shout out to go for uh, it. We are talking basketball. We need to talk about Johnny Harris. Just a minute. Yes. She's got a big win today. Five and three. They won the SEC big 12 challenge against Oklahoma state. I watched this team in summer practice. I was going like, good grief. There is not much talent on this roster. And, you know, they, they won five games the year before, and they weren't as talented. They really yep. didn't have as good a roster. But coaching can make a difference. They're five and three right now, and it's hard to believe. And uh, 
and they played a couple really good teams. They beat a ranked Georgia Tech team up in Atlanta, and that Georgia Tech team today won at Georgia. So um, uh, I think Johnny Harris is an interesting new hire. And, uh, you know, first time as a head coach anywhere and uh, longtime assistant coach. And, uh, you know, I think she deserves some credit for the job she's doing too. And it's interesting. The fans are starting to figure it out. They're coming out in larger and larger numbers. And, uh, you know, she's got a really good recruiting class coming in next year. So maybe Auburn women's basketball will be back. You know, I went to three final fours covering them over the years. And uh, they're a long way from that level, but they're making steps in the right directions, Nathan. Yeah. I didn't even, boy, I didn't even realize that five and 19 last year and they're already at five and three right now um hold and serve at home four and one at home right now um obviously that's important like mark said when you when you get the fans in and kind of ask them to buy into a new regime taking care of business at home is going to be big yeah i mean i remember you talking about that in the summer and she everyone knew she was going to bring that recruiting prowess and she put together a great staff um so i guess from from what you're saying is that you know it didn't she's not necessarily renowned as a phenomenal, you know, in-game, you know, coaching in terms of a, and putting together a roster and, and having results on the court just because she's never done it before. So we didn't know what kind of product we were going to get in the first year. But like you said, so it seems like seems like the team on the court has, has taken a big turn from last year. They are definitely much better coached. Defensively, they're better coached. And offensively, they're better coached. And uh, they figured out how to win these tight games. And, you know, last year they had some pretty good talent. Um, and they, they, they had a couple really good players that are gone. And, uh, but, you know, they, when games were close, they didn't win them mostly last year. And, uh, you know, they had the longest losing streak in program history. And, uh, um, and to do it with basically the same talent, they brought in, you know, a transfer, Zaria Wiggins from Mississippi State, but she's not healthy right now. She's playing a little bit, but she hasn't really made much of a contribution yet. So, uh, um, you know, basically it's coaching. Uh, and uh, I give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I remember you saying at one point for them to go winless in the SEC last year, having a player like Unique Thompson um, was, you know, probably the last straw, obviously, for for coach flow. And so, yeah, things off to a good start for, for Johnny Harris and the women's basketball program. Who do they have next on the schedule? Play, looking uh, let's see, play next Sunday. They play at home and I have to take a look at it, but it's a game that could win. Play new Orleans. Uh, yeah. The privateers, new Orleans, but, uh, but yeah, that's a good, that's a good shout out by Mark for sure. Um, keep an eye on that basketball program. See if they can make a little bit of buzz. Obviously people I think are, appropriately tempering expectations and, and giving her time to build up, but good start to the season. And maybe they can, maybe they can make a little bit of a splash in the sec and give some people some trouble this year. So um, thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the Auburn undercover podcast. Maybe in the next couple of days, we will have some offensive coordinator news for your guy, for you guys um, in a day or so. It'll have been a week since Mike Bobo was pushed out. Uh, Brian Harson's been searching for a new OC, so maybe we'll have some news in another podcast on that. So we will hit you guys up later in the week. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram. And until the next episode, you guys have a great start to the week. We'll talk to y'all later.